Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Sports Drink Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. Ladies and gentlemen, it's just over a quarter, but not quite a third of the season. And we are back here on The Bird Calls. I am David Grubb. He is Ali Cosell, the editor-in-chief at TheBirdRights.com. And we're here to talk about the first place New Orleans Pelicans. Ali, the first place New Orleans Pelicans. I, I can't recall in the life of the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans franchise, um, them ever being in first place in the Western Conference at this stage of the season, this is rare air, my friend. It is. Yeah, we were laughing about at the game that, yeah, they've been in first before, but guess what? It was that ill-fated 2018-19 uh, season where they started 4-0. You remember yeah, yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So that doesn't count, obviously. Yeah, I mean, this is just – I was I was on I was doing a, another interview earlier today talking about the Pels and um, you know one of the things that it, you know the five game win streak had had always been my thing you yes. know I said they're not they're not real until they get a five game win streak because every team in the NBA had, had at least a five game winning streak even the Kings I remember you saying even you the know, Kings <laughs> the Magic the Rockets you know everybody over the four point six seven years. Ali, the 4.67 years, the 1,701 days between the final five games of the 2017-18 regular season and the fifth game (laughs) that ended on Wednesday night at the Smoothie King Center. 1,701 days. Finally, a five-game win streak. And Ali, I think that the poetic part of that is that the five-game win streak comes as it pushes the Pelicans into first place. So like the timing couldn't have been more poetic in that sense. I agree. Cause what is the signal? The signals, this team's different that, Hey, we may have something here. Cause let's face it. You just rattled off that every other team had won at least five games. Well, I guarantee you the magic teams, they were at best, maybe a 500 team when they still had Nikola Vucevic, right. And all those other guys, but they were never considered to be one of the elite teams. And that's honestly what we're looking at, right? These Pels, feel like they may be elite sitting atop the West. All these numbers love them, right? Second in point differential in the entire NBA. All these advanced stats love them. And my favorite, and I know it's yours too, it's the fact that after starting five and five, they've easily had the best defense. And we both know how much that means to winning because you can score as many points as you want, but you can't always trust the offense is going to be there, and especially in the playoffs. 
this defense, I'll tell you what, David, we, I hope we go into depth about it because, man, I don't think we've ever seen anything like it. Even maybe during Chris Paul's heyday where I know they had some good defenses, I don't think we've seen something this effective over the last, what, 14 games. Yeah, I mean, even if you just take the last 11 or so, the Pelicans, like, I mean, everything, like, even the last 14, it's it's the Pelicans and the Celtics. You know, like, everything is the Pelicans and the Celtics. And, and when it comes to net rating, you know, you're talking about being three full points clear of the next closest teams. Three full points in net rating. Right. And, that, and that comes from that defense. Like you said, the Pelicans, even in the worst of the worst over the past 4.67 years, they could score. No, it's never a problem. Even when they were losing five games, remember when they were losing, what, they lost seven or eight in a row with Alfred Payton? Doing a triple double streak, they were mm-hmm. still scoring points. They could always score points, but now, and I think first we need to start with the front office. And and I don't want to say one person, though David Griffin should get the credit, and I have to be honest about that and and, and give the man his his due as the leader of the front office. But I, I give the credit to the entire front office because I don't want to assign any one person the responsibility. But I give them credit for figuring out and understanding the type of players that they needed after making some very bad mistakes in the, initially. Um, they built a team knowing what the limitations of its best players were. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valanciunas, um, and CJ McCollum have different limitations. The other 11 spots on the roster, ex- well, 10, I, I was, uh, nine, Jackson and Garrett. But the other nine Mm -hmm. are built to complement those guys. Their skill sets, their abilities, their 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 mindsets. You know, there's a a a commonality amongst them. There are a lot of guys in that group who played three or four years of school, you know, of college basketball, or played professionally earlier, or um, they've gotten to a stage in their careers. You know, you look at this group that they they are perfectly complimentary role players, but they don't view themselves as role players. And they are placed in a system that allows them to be the feature player on any given night. Anyone on the roster can be the star alongside Zion, alongside BI, alongside CJ on any night as evidenced by Jose Alvarado's 38 or Trey Murphy's 25 on this night, or, or Najee Marshall's 20-something on this night. or the, You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's as a roster, and we talked about the depth, but, and, and there's still that, that one little hole. But it, it, now you look at it and you say, yeah, it's not just bodies. It's skill and acumen that make this the deepest roster in the NBA right now. Yeah, so I'm glad you... Um, gave credit to the front office because I'll tell you what, this wouldn't have worked if the front office and the coaching staff were not on the same page. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is you've got your stars and then you need the complimentary role players, but you also need a system, right? That's going to take advantage of every guy. So when you just rattled off all these guys, Najee, last game, game before, Jose Alvarado, we've seen Larry Nance, you name it, pretty much everybody on this roster that's gotten um, regular playing time especially off the bench, has been one of the stars on a nightly basis. And I think it is because of this system. 
So everybody's bought into this 0.5 system and it wouldn't have worked if Zion was James Harden. Um, same thing if Brandon Ingram was the Brandon Ingram that came from Los Angeles. But also that goes to the role players too, who know what their roles are. So they know they're going to get the ball. They're going to have opportunities because this team, they get out in transition. On top of that, the stars look for these guys. So Trey Murphy, you know, we were all wondering why he's not getting shots early in the season. Well, it took a little bit of an adjustment here, but now I guarantee everybody knows they want to look for a guy like Trey Murphy, especially when he's open. Some are walking on three-point line. So it was a feeling out process, but I really want to give credit, like I said, to the system. And that mm-hmm. only works because Griff got the players that'll work for Willie Green's system. And I'll tell you what, I don't think you and I ever imagined it could have worked this well so quickly. I don't probably think anybody did. I mean, I know we saw what some predictions, people saying they're going to be in a top four by season's end, right? right? Those are the most optimistic. But to get going this quickly, when we've had so many guys miss time, David, let's face it, and we'll go through some of the negatives, but I'll start with this one. Brandon's missed, I want to say, at least eight games. Zion's missed five. Herb's missed at least six. CJ missed four. And you got to add, he's been sick and a lot of other ones he's played. And so the continuity hasn't been there with your main guys, but it's the fact that these, like you said, the complementary role players, they can play a small 15 minute role when everybody's healthy and give you something or step into a big role, 30 minutes, and you're still not skipping a beat. That, like I said, is so rare. And I'm telling you what, that's what is going to make this season, I think, special. Because we're seeing it right on the court, the chemistry, the celebrations, how they've been cheering for each other. But the fact now they're getting wins, it's only going to make them stronger, right? So I'm telling you what, I think something special is building here in New Orleans. And so I hope anybody that's not really tuned in, tunes in quickly. Yeah, I think the shift and, and, and what we were looking for is it felt like early on in the season, there was a bit too much. Um, it almost felt like some of them had, had felt like they arrived like the team had arrived at, at something already. Like there was almost a little bit of a, a hangover at the beginning of the year from last year. And it took some time. Like I said, there was the feeling out process. And after those first 10 games, said so they went five and five over the first 10 games. I actually think that, that now looking back on it, the road part of it was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, because now as we look at this team and it's as it's ascending, you've got all those road games out of the way in the beginning. What was it? Eight out of the first 11 on the road, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So now you've had nine, you get this stretch of nine out of 10 at home and it's building up. And then it's coming right at the time as the Pelicans are first place in the West. And, and, you know, we'll get more into details in in a second, but Coming up is maybe the most important week this franchise has had in half a decade. Because you've got... Yeah, not counting the playoffs easily. Yeah. yeah. Most important regular season week in half a decade. And you talk about back-to-back against the Suns, back-to-back with the Jazz, and you end all of that next week with the, with the Bucks. So you've had Boston, and you got another game with the Suns in there too, at the Suns. Right. So you got three games with the Suns, two games with the Jazz, one game with the with the Bucks, as you are coming up to the top of the West, and I think that that's perfect because this is when you want to them to be tested. That they're on this now, they are ascending, 
Hit him right now with the hardest, toughest, difficult schedule you could give it to him right now. Boom. Because I think this is how Willie Green maintains the attention of his team. There is no opportunity, and Antonio Daniels said this on a broadcast, the most important thing for this team is to stay in the present. And I think this series of games forces you to stay in the present. There is no looking ahead because three of these games are against the exact same team. Two are against another of the same team. You can't look past any of them, and they're all going to be difficult in some way. You're going to be tested in a real way, and you're going to find out where you are now, a good barometer a third of the way into the season, about how far you think you need to get to to be a championship-level team. Yeah, and here's what I really like is the fact that trade deadline's coming. Pelicans have all these assets. There's a few guys, and specifically Jackson Hayes, who do not fit. So you're going to go through these six games that you just um, alluded to, and, hey, if if they do well and they really say win four of six, maybe you don't want to mess with the roster. But if something becomes glaring suddenly, and I think there are some weaknesses with this team, Mm -hmm. and we'll get into it. But like, for instance, opponent three-point shooting I'm worried about and also defense at the rim inside the paint. Pelicans do a good job of keeping those guys out of there, right, David? But if they get in there, they score pretty easily. And just like I said, that three-point shooting defense, Pelicans give up a lot of good looks to opponents. And so far, I think they've been unlucky. As for in years past, yeah, I think it's we were talking about yeah, teams coming in, always setting records against the Pels. I feel like they're getting the same looks. A lot of them just aren't dropping, so I'm worried about those two factors. So... If that any one of those rears its head, well, maybe you consider um, I got to make a move, right? I mean, Bogdanovich's right. name has been thrown out there, but that's for offense. But I'm looking more, you know, defense because that's that that's the name of the game for this team because they can all get a rebound. Most of them can go, you know, dribble it the length of the court, make a play for themselves or for somebody else, and I feel like that's when they're at their best, right? Yes. I mean, the, this team they're at the top in deflections, and when you mentioned, you know, you look at these complementary role players. They top the list in deflections, right, and steals, some of them, but not all of them. But it's it's the fact of being creating chaos out there. Najee, That's Herb, what, yeah, Jose, Trey, right. and then Larry. These are deflection guys. Larry, Najee, yeah. I mean, Dyson. I don't know if you mm-hmm. mentioned Dyson, yep. but, yeah, they've got five guys easy. So it's not necessarily you need a guy, but if, like I said, if a weakness gets exposed and there are a few that I'm worried about, it's a perfect opportunity. So the, I'm with you. I'm glad they're going to play a really tough schedule right now. Right now, yeah, this is the perfect time because it it would be really easy, you know, for a team that has not been, you know, has not experienced. What they don't have is they've not been battle tested. And so I think this is this is how you get to learn. This is almost like like a playoff week. You know, what I mean, because these are like mini series almost. So this is kind of that feel you're going to be at home for a couple games. Then you're going to roll real quick with you can come back home. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's like a playoff series. So I think it's a good, a, a really good way to set that tempo. But like you said, the, it all starts with the defense for this team. And I think you're right. But the thing that's been so good for them has been the fact that they can, they are, they're long, they're versatile. They can switch a lot. It makes them so much, you know, it makes their guarding of the three point line better. But as you said, I don't think teams are going to shoot below 30% against the Pelicans for the majority of the season. That's just that's just asking historically great three-point defense. Th- below 30% is what teams have been shooting over, uh, as of late. 
Yeah, and I looked deeper. I looked at the wide open looks teams are getting and just the, um, uh, just the open looks. And the Pels are giving more than their fair share. So, I, I'm, like I said, I'm worried because the opponents are not knocking them down. Like, I, I've done even a game-by-game -game summary where I've jotted it down. I mean, for instance, Denver, they made four of 17 wide open looks against the Pels. Four of 12 open looks. I mean, Toronto, two of 11 wide open looks. Six of 22 open looks. And that's pretty much been a consistent theme. So the Pels are giving up a lot of volume out there, but the opponents aren't making it. So like I said, like the Boston Celtics there, right? That first quarter, we saw oh. what can happen. We saw what can happen against the Memphis Grizzlies over the full game. Yep. And, and those two are some of the harder losses, but there's been just a few others. But for the most part, it's been fine. You've got to wonder, we're only 24 games through the season. Can it last 82 games? And of course, can you rely on it in the playoffs? I don't think so. No, I don't think you can either. And the Pelicans, like you said, they do give up a lot of three-point attempts. Teams really want to shoot the three against them. Uh, and I think that's still because, the, you know, that concern with the undersized backcourt and the Pelicans predominantly are ending up with playing undersized backcourts. It's a little bit different when Dyson is out there, obviously. But if, if most of their combinations, they're going to be smaller than most of the teams that they face. And I think that, the, you know, it's, it's a, and, and like you said, that lack of rim protection of teams being able to get their feet into the paint, which they still do. Um, it's just that, are they able to convert right now? And they're not. Um, but if they get their feet in the paint, again, that's how you create those open looks and teams are able, still able to get past the Pelicans on occasion and get into the lane. They are. Uh, so that on ball at the top and, and CJ has had a difficult time and we, uh, his health has certainly been part of that. COVID and, um, you know, uh, impacted him. But this is a, that, that size in the backcourt and rim protection are still still feel like the two areas that we're going to be looking at as the season goes on. Ollie? Ollie? Sorry, oh. I'm sitting here talking and I've got myself muted. Yeah, you muted but yourself. Yeah, I fully agree because if you're worried about the offense and if you're worried about CJ, you've got to relax. I like that the Willie Green's trying to get CJ going like he was in last night's game. Because as you notice, CJ was either trying to make a play for himself or for somebody else. And it just didn't go well for what seems like, what, the third or fourth game in a row since he's come back. And you've got to just let that basically just run its course because you're going to need him eventually. Zion, you know what you've got with either having him on the ball or just running the, the handoffs, running them off screens, along with other players, right? The Pelicans' offense, I just feel like it's not going to be a problem this year. Unless suddenly they can't hit a three, right? If they stop miss or start missing a whole bunch of wide-open looks, then you get concerned because you can't live in a paint for an entire game. But so far, that hasn't been an issue, right? I mean, this team, they, they, that might be my biggest surprise. It, see, it felt like, and we were – kind of critical of David Griffin over the summer that they didn't address some of the weaknesses. And one of that was three point shooting. So we're like, well, I guess they're hoping for a lot of improvement. You knew some of it was going to happen, right? The ages of these players, lack of experience, you knew just by natural progression that was going to happen. But I don't, I don't think anybody expect for pretty much everybody to get as, 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 you know, show the improvement that they have. So I don't know. I don't know where you want to take this conversation, but I'll just tell you what, I don't know if we need to gloat over certain players. I mean, my biggest thing is Zion playing defense now. Yeah, let's start. <laughs> let's start with let's start with Zion because I think what what Zion has done over the last 
um, 10 or so games, but in the last five in particular. Um, you have to now legitimately put him in the MVP conversation. You have to. Um, he's not the Thank front you. runner. He's not the front runner. But you have to have him in the, the top seven, eight candidates at this stage because his team is at the top of the West. Thank you. He's, he's doing something that other people cannot do. Um, he's been so incredibly efficient at it. And like you said, the difference has been over these past six, seven games in particular. His activity on defense, he's not perfect, but his activity level mm-hmm. has has. It seems as if he – there are far fewer periods where he's not moving and not reacting and not hustling. He's looking for ways to impact the game defensively. And you've seen his blocks go up, which was something that was huge for me because he has more two-block games this season than he had in his previous hundred. You know, So that's been a huge thing. The steals have been a, 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 a big revelation too. his op- ability to take the ball in the open court as well as in the post. Um, he's just been a much better and his rebounding, which was the most important part. I thought of him defensively because he turns that into offense. His defensive rebounding has become far more, mm-hmm. far more aggressive. Yeah. What you've just described is a well-rounded two-way player to me. If this keeps up, an all-NBA team is a lock, especially if the Pelicans, say, finish in the top four or so. And if this continues to this kind of level where we're seeing him, and for me, it's not just the fact that it's the steals and block numbers. It's a fact of when it's happening within games. Yes. Right? Think back to that Toronto game. Pelicans are up 31. All of a sudden, it's like an 11-point lead. And you honestly felt like this game was going to be one that they would lose because of what's happened in the past. Right? They would lose those games all the time in the past. But Zion, by himself, single-handedly said no. And I don't have to tell you. I'm sure you remember. I'm sure a lot of people listening remember this. But, yeah, he comes up with a block, gets a dunk on the other end. Then on the next defensive possession, rips a steal, then lays it in. That was the game. And he's done that several times to where his defense has actually been the one that's kind of propelled the Pelicans. And so I think it's just perfect because in the past, you kind of wanted to have these role players ignite him defensively, kind of motivate him. Now I feel like lately he's been motivating some of his teammates, even though they generally don't need it, but it's still uplifting, right? When your best player is doing all that, you can't help but want to follow that. So, like I said, I, I have never been more excited about a New Orleans defense, and I've been watching this team since they arrived from Charlotte because the potential is there. They've got five incredible, incredibly gifted defenders They've got also some guys that could be positives, but haven't really been, especially here in New Orleans. And, mm-hmm. of course, you know, I'm talking about B.I. and Zion. But now, especially Zion, because he's playing, he is. And we've seen glimpses from B.I. so far this year. I think he's honestly been better at rejecting shots and, and making himself kind of a, 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 a rim deterrent, right? A lane mm-hmm. deterrent, more so than he has in the past. But, yeah, David, overall, I'm telling you what, if the Pelicans can stay, let's say, in the top five defensively, I'll tell you what, I think they're going to be one of the favorites to honestly get to the Western Conference Finals. Well, you know, that's that's been the thing is that, look, you know, when we had conversation with Alvin back in the day, you know, like if this team understood that, you know, championship defense is what it takes to win, then they would be great. And he thought that then with those guys. 
And you're seeing it now. It's it's a very simple thing. In the NBA, the teams that play the best defense, they, they usually play great offense because they're getting so many more good looks because you're getting the other team in bad situations because you're getting steals, you're getting rebounds, you're getting long you know, shots, contested shots. All those things are happening for the Pelicans right now. So you're getting these dominant nights with points in the paint because they're getting out of, in, in transition ahead of people. You can mm-hmm. have Jose knock down eight threes because he's getting those looks. How many of those threes came either as pull-ups or, or in transition with him running or with him, you know, just floating into and stepping into the spot. They weren't, you know, a lot of those weren't half court. I think maybe two of them out of the eight were at the end of a shot clock, maybe. But a lot of those were rhythm shots that just came from them, you know, having an accelerated pace coming off of a good defensive possession. And I, I just glad, think, yeah, David, yeah. quick, I'm glad you mentioned within rhythm because that's one thing I've been impressed by the Pelicans all season. They're not out there trying to shoot 40 or 50 threes a game because no. guess what? That's what they should theoretically do because that's, you know, three points is better than two. We know math, right? Right. I like that all of their shots that they take are within rhythm. And, and you know where you see it? When you look at their stats, they shoot a good number of wide open looks. You know what they don't generate? Open looks. So for, for me, I feel like it's a mentality with the team that they'd rather not shoot when they have like, say, three feet of airspace, but get a better shot. And that's what I think a team should do when you're so potent on the inside, right? You've got Jonas, you've got Zion, you've got so many guys that can drive, get to the rim, get to the free throw line, if the referees ever start calling some of these. But you know what I'm saying? So I love the fact that you mentioned Jose's, and I, I agree with you, all of his threes came within rhythm, whether it came right off of a play or whether he generated that look himself. But I feel like that's the sense I get from everybody on this roster, maybe outside of CJ. Because I feel like, like I said, he's trying to get himself going. But other than that, B.I., you name it, Jonas, they're all shooting within rhythm. And I think that is when this offense is at its best. We've not seen, like, uh, you know, especially, again, during the winning streak, this is when things are supposed to be going good. But you're not seeing, other than that, that, that episode against Toronto and for a portion of the Detroit game, you know, you're not seeing these long stretches where the ball stops moving um, or where you're getting – five guys on one side of the court, which we saw a couple of times against Toronto. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, overall, offensively, there seems to be a much better understanding of purpose when guys are on the court. They know they what their roles are. They have been well communicated and well defined. And I think that the the, the part of that that unlocks the most is when they remember Jonas. And people are going to be like, you know, everybody's always looking to get rid of Jonas and move on from Yotis. And my thing is, look at the numbers show. And I, I tweeted this last night during the game. The Pelicans have won their last six games in a row when Yotis gets double figures in shot attempts mm-hmm. because he produces double doubles. If you get him double double shot, double digit shot attempts, he's going to produce a double with double. And he's doing that in their winning ball games. They've won the last six in a row where he got double digit shot attempts. That's uh, he's very important to this team because he provides that balance. He he can anchor your, you offensively in that post in a way that Zion does not because Zion comes at the post, whereas Jonas can start in the post. And more importantly, Zion needs to rest. Yes. So who do you turn to for those points right in the paint? And that's what you and I have always said. That was what killed them in Zion's rookie year. They had mm-hmm. no backup plan for Zion because Derek Favors 
he wasn't a guy you could throw the ball in and, and hope he could get a bucket, right? Right. Jonas is that guy. And with how small the NBA plays now, um, and it's laughable how small some teams are playing. Even the Boston Celtics right now. Al Horford's hurt, but they're not, ah, we're not going to start some, you know, kind of stiff at center. No, we're, gonna play, we're really going to play small. Just like the Clippers have been doing for a while under Ty Lue. Well, like so the Spurs Jonas did that one postseason. David. And that's why he's such a weapon. If he can get you 15 efficient points every night, boy, that, that makes your um, job of winning so much easier. But then you can't overlook the rebounding because I feel like when he's not on the court, the Pelicans are maybe an average rebounding team overall. I mean, I don't know what your sense is, but the numbers kind of show that. Unless Dyson's out there with, say, another few combinations of really strong defenders, if Jonas isn't out there, I'll tell you what, it, it almost feels like it's a 50-50 crapshoot on who's going to grab the board. That's Jonas's joke. When he's talking about, about her or Trey stealing his boards. Yeah, it was it's Trey. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he says it all the time, Trey stealing your, my boards. He says it he'll tell it to other people, don't let Trey steal your boards. And what he's saying is because he's doing the boxing out. And, and this is, you know, this is not the first time that we've seen this. For guys like, in our group chat, you were talking about Robin Lopez earlier. In our group, and, and. Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez, excuse me. And the and Brooke Lopez was never a guy who got like these huge rebounding numbers, but he was always rated. He's always been rated very highly as an interior defender, mm-hmm. and as a, a and in helping teams rebound well. The teams that he's been on always rebound well, even though he I, I think he's only averaged like more than eight rebounds a couple of times in his career. But it's because he boxes out incredibly well, and he sets other people up for boards. And Jonas not only gets boards, but he sets other people up for those boards as well. And he's like you said, I, I, he t- he takes up space in ways that these other guys cannot. He's a physical problem in ways that Trey can't be, that Larry can't be. You know, it's it, and you even see it when when Willie's on the floor because of his size. With Billy, excuse me, you saw it in the last game with Billy being able to to, to contest against Jokic or I mean against, um, against Jokic where they played Denver. Billy was able to be effective because again that size. It, it causes enough for him to grab eight boards in like 16 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And then here's a couple other things. If teams do go small, they probably feel, look, Jonas can't stay with him out on the perimeter. Well, guess what? Jonas, at least offensively, I think he, he, he's a legitimate three-point uh, target out there. I mean, I think he's now dipped under 40% for the first time uh, this season on his three-point shooting percentage. But overall, you trust him out there. And I'll tell you what, his misses to me, David, they're right on line. It's a little bit long, a little bit short, but it's never left or right, right? So he's got the mark, marks of a really good shooter. I mean, he's shooting, what, 83% from the free throw line. This guy can shoot, so he can space the floor for you, even when, you know, Zion needs his lanes open. I'll, love, I'll forever love that upgrade, that trade made last, uh, the previous summer, where, you know, they, they realized their mistake with Steven Adams. Flipped them for Jonas. And it's amazing how many people still don't give Griff any credit or just the, the foresight that that move needed to be made. Regardless of the Pels getting lucky, they ended up not having to give up as many assets because of, you know, where the Lakers finished so poorly in the standings. But still, the moves that were made, Jonas is one of the best on this roster. And I think he fits it to a T. So even though we would like to see him be a little bit more athletic, um, offer more um, you know, rim deterrence, especially from a secondary capacity to offer help, right? I think what he brings is more than enough. 
Oh yeah, for for the role that he's being asked to play, I mean, and and the and, and Willie Green's done a fantastic job of managing in his minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they don't forget him, when when they give him the opportunity to score, he's going to score. He's a scorer. That's what he does, and and that's his. He has to score. Like said, we know his value. If he's not scoring, you are you are hurting yourself. And it's not, and he doesn't require, like you said, a lot of touches. He's the same guy who had a double double of four shots earlier this season. Remember that four for four for the field that he had a double double one night. I think he's seventeen points on four shots, something like that, something crazy. But um, you know, Jonas, I think is 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 he would probably be if if we're talking about like at this stage, he would probably still be my most underrated Pelican because of the things that he brings to the table. People just don't talk about it enough. They don't. They they just don't. And and I think the six games in a row of him getting double doubles and double touches shows his value. He's a big reason why I feel like last year was a success because in that first half he was easily the MVP of the team. But more so, obviously with all the losing, you're going to have a lot of disgruntled guys, especially when you're young, right? Losing sucks. But Jonas, who was a vet, kind of understood. So I, I heard so many stories from the Pell staffers about how he was taking guys out to dinner and doing all sorts of things with the group. So invaluable. You don't turn your back on that because I, I guarantee you he's still doing stuff like that this season, but it's just not as big of a story because right. The team's now winning. There's so many other guys that are contributing, but yeah, don't overlook Jonas's value um, now or in the future. What's interesting Ali is that when we, when we used to talk about this team, the vets that they had were vets who didn't play. Yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> and there were vets, and everybody's like, "You go listen to these vets," and they're like, "But they don't play." Kendrick Perkins is our favorite, right? Brought in to help AD. My God, yeah. <laughs> guys that don't play. And now though, Jonas, who's thirty-one, right? Jonas, 30, 30, about to turn thirty. Thirty, I think. Yeah, yeah, about to be thirty-one. I think at the end of this year or something like that. End of this season. But Jonas is a vet. Brandon Ingram is officially a vet at this stage. Of this yeah, year. he hit twenty-five. Yep. You know, I mean, so seven seasons in, you're a vet. You know what I mean? Um, CJ, obviously, is a vet. Larry is a vet. So you have guys in prominent positions on this team now that you did not have, mm-hmm. you know, for a long time, who not only are veterans, but bring with them the actual cachet of being veterans, the willingness to talk the willingness to share, the willingness to even be harsh if necessary on the court. Uh, And I think that that, the fact that Larry, Jonas, all these guys are blunt and funny at the same time is so important. They can all be tough on each other and very, you know, and, and, and hold each other accountable. But at the same time, like you said, it never changes the overall spirit of that locker room. No, you've got to be, first of all, an effective player, right? We've long lamented the fact they didn't have enough basketball players, but especially off the bench. And number two, you've got to be able to add to the chemistry. And just, just think back to Zion's rookie season, right? When Zion was hurt, obviously, and Derek missed a lot of time due to his mom's passing, and he also had some injuries. Besides J.J. Redick, who did, who did Alvin have off the bench? I mean, I know Josh Hart at times, because I, I think the games he started young. that year. But other than that, Kenrich Williams, he, he was what, a rookie? Each one more. Mm-hmm. He was never a talker, and he was kind of already in the, in the twilight of his career. 
Jaleel Okafor couldn't find a landing spot because, let's face it, his, he just didn't have the skills to stay out there on the court. So Frank Jackson, I mean, Pelicans tried with and him. True and of course you had that. Yeah, and then you had Melly, Nikhil, um, Jackson, both of those guys as rookies. Well, Melly was too, right? That was his first year yep. in the NBA. So, yeah, I mean, compare that bench to this bench. It's no comparison. None. None. And, and the situation, and again, you look at it, the situation for what J.J. was expecting coming in. You know what I'm saying? The expectations for the vets are much different than they were being sold at that time, too. So everything chemistry-wise is flipped. Nobody is coming in with a false impression of what the Pelicans can be. These guys have, have, have seen it from the outside, the ones who've come in, and the ones who've been in here have grown up in it. So it's there is a, a real development yeah. mentally with this and team. They are far less immature than they were even a year ago. Yeah, and real quick, I just want to say, when J.J. came in, he didn't have any false notions. He took his biggest paycheck he could. From what I heard, uh, well, I mean, I, I'm gonna say he thought that they were gonna make a, a legitimate effort sure. to make the playoffs. Yeah. And Chris made Drew, some, some yeah. mistakes that year. You know, yeah. Like had they stayed healthy, David, yeah. we know had they stayed healthy, they probably would have, right? But they needed that health because they yes. were very um, uh, didn't have line, the depth. Yes, no depth at all. And and that, that that season just went sideways. And and it's you know it's the pandemic, all that shit. But um, but yeah, you look at this team now and you say, yeah, you've got guys with. With basketball IQ, you've drafted over the past three years experienced collegiate or international players who came in and took on their jobs. And so you've built a team. And and, and I think that versatility-wise, you stack them up and you look at the rest of the teams in the, in the West. They're more complete than Dallas. You still worry about Golden State hitting in stride. That's Golden State. They, they can hit their stride and become very dangerous very quickly. Memphis, of course, we know what they are. But we go up and down the West, and you just beat Denver, and you've had some success against Denver in the past. You've had success against the Clippers, both in, their, in, in your recent history. There's not a team in the West that you look at right now. It feels like it's that wide open that if the Pelicans somehow advance to, let's say, the Western Conference Finals, I wouldn't be shocked today if you told me they did no i wouldn't either you hit on two teams though that i'm worried about if denver gets healthy right if Mm -hmm. and it's a big if with michael porter jr but Mm -hmm. let's say when he gets back he can stay on the court for the rest of the season and jamal murray keeps rounding in the form i really like denver because Jokic, we know is that big of a difference maker and then um what was the other team oh the golden state warriors yes golden state they're a little bit more iffier because they, they really need one of their rookies to step forward. I mean, they lost, David, so many of their uh, veterans uh, off the bench last season, like mm-hmm. Otto Porter, Gary Payton, mm-hmm. these guys that were really making legitimate uh, contributions every night. So I don't know. I mean, they need one of Kaminga, Moody, uh, somebody, you know. Or if they make a deal. Give, like, I, give that's, them something. This, yeah, because that's, that's, that's what you just wonder. Yeah, David, we know their starters can hang, but boy. Steve Curry's had a heck of a time of trying to find cobble together bench units. And I think he's going to continue to have that problem. So I'm expecting for them to make some moves because they know, look, we've got a team that can win it now. They just won it last year. They've got one of the best players to ever lace them up. Who's still playing at a great level and Steph. They're the ones I'm also concerned about too. But yeah, besides those two, I'll tell you what Memphis, I guess you could throw in there, right? If they're healthy, right. they've got Bain and John in the background, 
Jaron Jackson along with Steven Adams down low. I mean, they're formidable because of how tough they play, right? And, but, they're, and they're deep, too. They, they are yeah. very so it's similar three. to the Pelicans. It's those threes and the Pels for me, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, outside of that, you feel like you feel comfortable with those matches. But like you said, with Denver, the problem is, is that everything that Denver does well when they're healthy, like you said, if, if they're healthy, they, they match up so well because no one can stop Zion, but Aaron Gordon is a good physical matchup for him. You know what I'm saying? Like size-wise, he's a guy who's – not too tall. He's able to, to athletically do some of those things and stay in front if he doesn't get in foul trouble. Jokic is Jokic. Like I said, Michael Porter Jr. at 6'10 is a serious problem scoring. Jamal Murray is going to be a pro- is always a problem. Bones Highland, such a good player. You know, they have, but their problem too is their bench. When Jokic goes to the goes to the sideline, the Nuggets are terrible. They're terrible when he's yeah. whenever he's I mean off the floor. Like he was, I think he, he, you know, at one point when they were climbing back in it, he was like a plus eight and everybody else on the team was like a negative 11. <laughs> and it, yeah. it's just, he's, he's so important to them. The Pelicans don't really have a guy who sinks them that way. Um, you know, in, in that regard, in such a, 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 a drastic difference. And so I think that's the one thing I think that you feel comfortable with, with the Pelicans is that, as long as they don't sustain multiple injuries during the regular season, they can survive any one player being down for an extended period of time. Yeah, and to flip this on its head, I really hope they start getting um, their regular starters on the court a lot more often. Yeah. I mean, they've only played 10 games through 24, and that's not a good ratio, and that's not no. something you want to enter in the playoffs. Because, I mean, the numbers say they're going to be fine. I mean, B.I. and Zion, I looked it up the other day. They've played 241 minutes. You know what their net rating is, David, together, the team? Plus 15.3. That's better than almost any tandem out there. So you know that what they're capable of. But, again, it's to get that cohesion because you have to also include the Trey Murphys of the world, Herb on cuts, you name it, and also defensively. That, I think, is the biggest key. I think that's why one of the reasons why they've been so successful defensively because you haven't had to – play a lot of minutes with Jonas, B.I., and Zion, who, like I said, they're all improved. Um, and, and they're, like, especially with Jonas, they know how, what they're capable of, right? They know their limitations and what they do, they do well. But generally, those three plus CJ, I'm not sure if that would still be a top defensive team. So I want them to, you know, start playing minutes together so you can at least see or hopefully start building some of that because it's going to be important during the playoffs, of course. Yeah, I think we've always felt, though, like the starting lineup is that in name only. Like, it, it just feels like you can't play that group of five together a ton. Um, because yeah, we've seen defense. Willie, right? When they were together, there were a couple mm-hmm. times he was subbing somebody out. Like, Jonas, for instance, a couple of games. Seven-minute mark of the first. I remember Larry for back-to-back games came in for him because of that. So, yeah, I think they're aware of it. But like I said, I just want them to at least have the opportunity, right? But the, yeah, they've got to at some point, like you said, they've got to be better as a group. That starting group can't be the worst group defensively. And you can't take Herb out of that freaking starting lineup. I know what no. Trey Murphy's doing. I want him to start more than anybody. But you can't, you can't take Herb out. It's not time. <laughs> it's not time. No, not with the other starters. No, because it, it, it just it changes. The reason Herb was the perfect addition last year, the reason we were all advocating for it so hard was because of what he didn't take off the floor. 
the thing that Trey will change is Trey is going to Trey has to look for his shot. That's who he is. He's got to score. Mm-hmm. Trey's a scorer. Herb's not a scorer. So if you take Herb out of the lineup, now you've got five guys looking for shots. Thank you. And Trey's going to get six shots a game. And it just, no. And here's just, the other no. facet, David, that people need to realize. You want Herb starting, or at least one of those great defenders, for one reason, one reason alone. You want to work the opponent's star, which is usually going to be a wing or a guard, yep. to death for every minute he's on the court. And you can only do that when Herb's starting. I know Trey can play defense very well at times, but he's no Herb. So you want, like I said, you start Herb on, say, a Zach Levine or somebody else, and all of a sudden he's got to see Jose, Dyson, Najee. You're killing their their best player. But if you start Trey, that also eliminates that advantage too. Yeah, it's about those starts. It's about how you get off and and forcing that other opponent's you know star player, like you said, to 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 not get into an early rhythm against the Pelicans. And that used to be we used to just watch that happen over and over again against the Celtics. That's what happened. The stars got an early rhythm. They were able to shoot their threes early, and and you don't have that when you've got her consistently on the floor playing defense. He's able to to nullify some of that. And again, somebody's got to move without the ball. Somebody's got to cut. Somebody's got to screen. Somebody's got to do all those things. And if you take Herb out of that starting lineup, there's nobody to do the dirty work. Not that guys won't do it, but you've taken out the guy who's, whose main job amongst that five is to do it. Yeah, do I believe Trey Murphy might be one of the top five players on his team? Absolutely. Yeah. But does he make sense with the construction of the, the other stars? Hell no. But that's why you, again, it's not about the starting five. It's about the closing five. Yeah, and, and, it's, and yeah, exactly. exactly. And that, and Willie Green, has, I think, has done a fantastic job on a night-to-night basis of reading who should be in his closing five. And that was something, again, that we, we I, I certainly criticized Willie early in the season. Some of it was availability. Some of it was, I think, Willie has changed. I mean, I think last year at this time, yes. if there had not been, you know, Guys like Dyson Daniels might not have seen the floor even with winning last year at this time. But I think Willie has gotten to the point where he's like, I'm putting out basketball players. And the guys who want to play and compete are going to be the guys who are on the floor no matter what. And we've seen it at different times this year where he's been like, I'm pulling all you guys. I'm putting in these guys who want to fight. And, and so I give him that credit that he's treating everybody from Zion down the same way when it comes to effort and minutes. Yeah, and we've seen it the biggest with guys like Jonas down to Devontae Graham to where last year, I mean, those guys got heck of a lot of rope, plus Garrett Temple off the bench. Now, this season, not at all. So, I, yeah, I, I love the balance that he has found with on who to rely and the combinations at work. And we're seeing some really special ones, right? I mean, I love Zion out there with Trey. I love B.I. with Jose. Um and and Valanciunas often. So there's some stuff, like I said, I can't wait till everybody's healthy so you can work on these things because you're going to need to be, you know, a Hydra <laughs> come playoff time because the Pelicans, while they're, they're outstanding now and Zion can do all these things, teams will figure out a way to slow him down in the playoffs. It always happens, David. I don't care how good you are. I watched Michael Jordan's career. He used to get beat up by the Pistons, you know, every year until finally – they surround him with enough players to where he also trusted them, and that's what finally got them past them. And, and, and you know, you go through history and you see stuff like that. So come playoff time, you, I, I really hope that, uh, that they're, first of all, healthy, but also that they've had enough time so 
B.I. feels comfortable with certain groups. C.J.'s in his routine and in his bag. So, yeah, that's really going to be the biggest thing, right? It's almost like, I don't know, is it fate that we're relying on now? Well, it kind of um, feels like, you remember that when the Celtics, that first time they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and it seemed like they had gotten there too Oh, when they had Kyrie? Yeah, and Jason was But Kyrie there. was out, wasn't he? Kyrie was injured. Oh, that's right. And, he didn't play in the playoffs. That's yeah, right. and Tate, right. that was like Tatum's first real coming out party. Yeah. And they get to the Western Conference, I mean, Eastern Conference Finals, and they went seven with Cleveland. And yep. they shouldn't have been there. It feels like this Pelicans team is similar to that. Like they're I think they're the better. I think the, the, their vets that we touched on earlier. It's oh, a the vets are different. Group, the right? vets are different. But, but, but I'm just saying, like, it feels like it's ahead of schedule Yeah. right okay. now. Yeah. Um, and that they, if they got to the Western Conference Finals, again, I wouldn't be, I, at this point, I wouldn't be shocked, but it would still feel early. You know I what agree. I mean? Like, I wouldn't – I don't think that they're ready to win a championship at this stage. I don't think that they're ready quite yet. Um, yeah, because first of all, we both know they're not going to get the whistle. They did no. get against the Suns in the playoffs last year. And this regular season, I've been actually kind of shocked they're not getting more respect. Herb Jones is not getting any respect. Zion's finally starting to get to the free throw line, as, as Andrew Lopez tweeted the other day. I think, what, four straight games of at least ten free throws. But – Come playoff time, that's going to be a different animal again. I mean, say the Lakers get it. You know the whistle's going to favor he and Anthony Davis over whoever's on the, out there for the Pels. And, and, and it's just going to be the, the part of learning it, too. Zion has never played the playoffs. That's right. Zion has yeah. to learn how to play in the playoffs. It, it took Brandon Ingram a second. You know what I mean? Cause, but he had the play-in to work his way up to it. And it got to close at the end of the season. So Zion is going to have to figure that out. C.J., is going to be in a different position. Everybody's going to be in a different role this postseason than they yeah. were last year, too. So it's it's going to be like figuring it out all, all over again. And especially if they're in home court advantage and you're in a position of being the favorite and you're not in a situation where you're you, you're throwing up against the wall and saying whatever happens, happens. No one cares. We're just ha- we're lucky to be here. Well, you're going to be a, you're potentially going to be in a position where you're a favorite for multiple rounds. Mm hmm. So it's yeah. it's not a position that this group has ever been in. And we know that young teams generally do not fare well in those positions. <laughs> none. None. And, and and again, they could get farther than they're supposed to. But at some point, it's probably going to catch up to them. But I'm not going to be the one to try to derail the train. You know what I'm saying? As, far, as long as it's rolling. If yeah, I, if, I heard you, you bought some Pelicans gear. You're, I you're did. on board. <laughs> I did. And I kept my word. I said that they win five. I would buy Pelicans gear. And I have one shirt, and there will be more coming. Um, but you know, I, it, it there is something really enjoyable about this team, like you said, Ali. It's something very special. The Smoothie King feels for the first time, even more so than the playoff season, even because there doesn't feel like there's a cloud hanging over this right now. There's always felt like there was a but. You know what I mean? Like there was a mm-hmm. comma slash but dot 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 for every other success the Pelicans had. If you go through the Anthony Davis era, the first time they make the playoffs with AD, there's the butt of Kevin Durant was hurt. You snuck in and you got swept. And the second time there's the butt of DeMarcus Cousins is hurt. You don't know what's happening with AD the next year he has out. There's always been a butt with the success. It doesn't feel like there's something that's holding. The only thing that's on the horizon that could hold you back it feels like are just bad decisions or, or bad luck. But right now it doesn't feel like it feels like the organization, at least from top to bottom 
from the from Gail Benson to the people who removed the floor at the Smoothie King Center. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on the same page. And here's the other thing: the fans they fell in love with the losers, right? They started getting attached to these players when the Pelicans were well below 500, well before playing um, aspirations were kind of even real, right? Yes. I mean, I think that's the biggest key too. New Orleans fans got attached to the players before they got attached to the winning. And I think that's huge. I think that's how you can start building something special. And it's going to give, you know, finally David Griffin's, you know, sustainable success uh, phrase. There's a lot of, you know, there's a fantastic chance it's going to be able to be seen through regardless of whether they have first round exits a year, some years, right. Or they go really deep in the playoffs, even manage a championship. It's because, like I said, it's these players that the fans have identified with, 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 you know, with whatever examples. Like with Jose, it's very easy to identify with him in his work ethic. Same thing with Herb Jones. But there's something everybody loves about Trey Murphy, right? His demeanor, his joy. You love um, Dodgy being the, the enforcer oh, type. You love. Yeah, especially yeah. after the last game. Oh, my goodness. How much did you love seeing that? Let's touch on that real quick. How much did you love seeing Najee stand up for Zion? Because it's become a thing. Last few games, opponents are like, well, he's killing us. We're found him. It doesn't matter. We've got to start wrapping him up. We've we've got to start basically going beyond the rules, right? Trying to send a message, throw him down a few times. How do you you love what Najee did for Zion to send a message? Well, I think it's important that we've always been – we've been waiting for the Pelicans to have that edge that you're not going to do this to us. You know, mm-hmm. and and I think that there are guys on that roster now, and Najee's one of them who, yeah, that like the days of bullying the New Orleans Pelicans are over. Jose Alvarado's not here to get bullied. Najee Marshall's not here to get bullied. Trey Murphy's out here trying to murder people on a nightly basis. Oh, I mean, his dunks are so incredible. In game dunks, it's incredible. Larry Nance looks like he's 25 again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's got bounce again, he's dunking on people. Um, religiously or come so, up with swats like he did in the last game yeah and and, and they're playing like they, there's an arrogance that comes with knowing you're good and knowing that right now you're you're you know you're taking it to people and the pelicans achieve that at different parts of, of, of each of these games during the streak you watch them at certain points you see smiles on their faces and it's it's that oh we got them right now Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that that whole thing of it, that arrogance that comes with knowing you're good is so important to have when you're going to be a winner. Good teams know they're good and they don't David, care. you know who that reminds me of? Two years ago, the Grizzlies, before, you know, they had that big win season last year. Mm-hmm. They were having showing that arrogance two years ago. Yep. And, and, and look what it's done for them. And we've seen it in the past. Teams that do that. There was a lot of Nick teams, right, with the Ewing era. Um, there's some Pacers he, teams because they have the Davis brothers. You, you know, we, we could go through a bunch of teams with, with, with uh, how much basketball we've seen. But, yeah, that is an important step. And that's something that AD's teams never had, all the ones that made the playoffs. No, they never. They, there's, he wouldn't have stood up for any of them because we never saw it. And they didn't stand up for him. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't – there was never I, – I don't remember physical There were some fouls on Anthony Davis. I remember once Maurice Spates – Right, hit him upside yeah. the head or something like that. Nobody did anything. You remember nothing, that? Nothing. Yeah. So, and I think the thing for Zion is Zion knows it's like with Shaq. 
Remember, sh- sh- you know, you didn't want to get Shaq to the point where he swung because Sh- Shaq knew he might kill somebody. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember when he missed Brad Miller's head and everybody was like, whoa, if he had connected on Brad Miller, he might have killed him. But I think that's the thing with Zion. So Zion has told these guys like, yeah, if you get fined, I'll pay for him. I think Najee, it would do it for free. Najee would do this for free because this is his team, man. And when he told the refs, they caught him on the mic and he's like, if somebody touched one of the other refs, you go back them up, wouldn't you? Right. So, I mean, like I for him, <laughs> it's, it's simple. And I think that's the embodiment of this group right now. That's where we are at this point in the season with the Pelicans. And that's a good place to be. And it, it, I don't think it's for me who, who prides myself on being very calm and realistic. I don't think it's unfair to enjoy the moment uh, for fans. I don't think it's unfair. I don't think it's silly to get caught up in a winning streak. I don't think it's silly to get caught up in enjoying good basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not, we're not sitting here declaring them the NBA champions. There's a lot of basketball to be played, but right now I'm really enjoying for all the good reasons, the right reasons. I'm enjoying watching the New Orleans Pelicans play basketball. I couldn't agree more. They're 11 deep right now. We don't know if Kyra Lewis will be able to contribute later in the season. Um, if Jackson Hayes doesn't have some kind of awakening, maybe he can be moved for somebody that could also help this team. I mean, there's, there's, you know, it, it's limitless, right? The, the, the potential of this team just simply because of its depth. And they have the assets to go get whatever they need. Yeah. To get. And we'll, we'll discuss this further. For those wondering, we'll, we will start looking at possible trade candidates. And yeah. Stuff, we know everybody loves that. But and right now. Of course, yeah. And of yeah. course there's some areas as we've already touched on that, can be addressed to help this team. Yeah, they're not perfect, but nobody's no team in the league is perfect right now. There's no no. It shows right in the parity in the look at the Western Conference standings outside of Boston and maybe Milwaukee. Who do you feel comfortable about right now? Nobody, right? I mean, nobody, nobody. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're talking about between one and thirteen where the Lakers are. Six games, six games. That's two weeks. I mean, it's two weeks of basketball mm-hmm. and how quickly. And remember, I told you before the season started, I said, this was going to be one of those years where the West was is going to come down to the last week in some of these seedings. And I firmly believe that. I, fir- I mean, who's going to run away with any of this? Because everybody's going to be fighting over the same players when it comes to, to the trade deadline. Because there are yeah. only so many bad teams who have somebody to get rid of. But I will say, like we touched on earlier, Pelicans are one of those teams that could pull away from the pack, just like the Grizzlies, just like the Nuggets, just like the Warriors, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do. I do believe that. Um, they're on pace right now for 55 wins. Um, I don't know if they hit that mark, uh, but I think 50 now becomes I'm, I'm a lot more. I'm not more willing to split that difference. Of yeah, the 45 I, I called. Yeah, what'd you say? Because I said 48 wins. What'd you say, about 44 to I said 43 to 45. I said 43 to 45. And But now, I I, I mean, and we said, we always said we reserve the right to review it. And I think at this stage of the season, you say, yeah, I feel a lot more comfortable with them being a 50-win team. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I mean, the offense is spectacular, but the defense, that's that's where the bread's buttered. And this team, these last 14 games, it's been such a joy to watch, David. They're guarding people. They're making the right rotations. Zion's sitting in perfect help side defense positionings, right? And, and for, for me, it's his ability to, to help, 
because this team doesn't have that rim protector. That's last line of defense. So when he's deciding, I'm going to go ahead and block a shot because this guy beat my teammate, I love seeing it. I hope it continues. Absolutely. Um, we just hope it, the streak continues. And it's yeah. going to be very difficult. Yeah, forget it's, five. Let's go for ten, right? <laughs> it's going to be very difficult. It's not easy. No. It's not easy. Um, I'll tell you what. If they go, what, what do you think would be incredible over these next six games, right? Three Suns, two Jazz, one Bucks. Four, two. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be happy with 500, I'll be honest with you. But if they go, like, say, four and two or better, wow. Yeah, because I, I think it's asking to split. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's just so hard. That's so hard. Two, two at home against the, the Suns. Yeah, you feel are, confident they'll get one, but both. And this is a know. rivalry now. Like, the yep. Suns are the Pelicans' Second, I would say that their second biggest rival at this stage now. Yes, the and they Grizzlies just got embarrassed one. by the Celtics. Mm. Yeah, the Grizzlies are one, and the Suns are two. Yes, it's, it's, it's at that Completely stage. agree, yep. And so you're going to play your biggest rival three times in the matter of two weeks. Uh, you know, nine, nine days. Nine, nine days, days, man. And you played them once, you lost to them once. They, they do the thing that you struggle with the most that high pick and roll. They run a lot of that. So. Yeah. Cause they get open in the mid range, right? Cause Jonas yep. has to play drop coverage. Otherwise you're, you're done. If, if you're asking him to do more. Yeah. So this is it, you know, to get that test. That's what I said. I think it's, it, this is great. You couldn't have come at a better time. You get the five. Now you got to go earn some these other five. And if you get them, that's fantastic. If they don't, I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to jump off the wagon you know, and, and, and hurt myself if they go two and four during this stretch. Cause <laughs> yeah. it's really hard. It's a really yes. hard stretch. And if they went two and four, I don't think that would be an embarrassment if everybody's not healthy, even if they were healthy, it happens over the course of a season, but where they are now, no complaints. Yeah. Aren't no you complaints. curious when maybe behind herbal return, the fact that they've already been ruled out for tomorrow's game. I bet you the earliest season is maybe Utah, right? Uh, if not, yeah, if it's not Sunday, then it's Utah. Yeah, I think the, it'll probably be Utah for B.I. That's just a guess. Total guess. probably but, closer, huh? Because uh, B.I., it's the, it's the planting on the toe. That's the thing. It's just it hurts. Yeah, right? and we know he wants to feel comfortable. And for him, that means, right, everything is as it he should can't be. Elevate, if he can't elevate on his jump shot, if he can't plant, that's his whole thing is two dribbles pull up. And if it's hard for him to do that and his balance is off, then it's – you can't have him and CJ out there misfiring because their legs aren't, aren't, aren't underneath them. Right. Can't have it. So, I'd, I'd rather B.I. sit and get healthy and the Pelicans lose a couple games right now. Because remember, we always said the last 20 games, the last 20 games is when you want to see them playing their best ball. If this is their best ball, mm-hmm. then, then they're not going to get past the second round. But if they're Great. playing their yeah. best ball. Popovich always said, it's after the All-Star break is when we start gearing up, right? Yes. And yeah, that's what you want to see. Play your so, best ball at the end. So, yeah, this this should not be the best we see them play. This should not be I hope best. it isn't. Yeah, we should hope it isn't. Yeah. So, um, but I think we've hit it all on this one, Ali. I think we've covered yeah. it. It's always a pleasure, man. I love when we get to talk. Um, we don't get to do it enough. And we'll, we, we're sorry for that as a collective, and we'll do better with this. Um, but, uh, you know, it's always, always a pleasure to talk basketball with you, my man. Absolutely. You're my guy, buddy. Until the next time for the absent David Fisher and, uh, <laughs> Kevin Berrios. <laughs> Can you believe we, Kevin, we got to give a shout out. 
Kevin, I asked, we, we got to do some podcasts. What was it? Yes. December 2nd, 3rd, something like that. He yes. says I'm out for the month. Yes. On December 2nd, he said he's out for the month. He's out for the month. It's, <laughs> and now, Kevin is in the hospitality industry, and this is the, the time of year when it becomes very difficult for yeah. folks in the hospitality industry. He also so said he's getting swamped by friends and family visiting or something, remember? Yes. <laughs> and and he doesn't like visitors that much. So, um, But this, this will be... It, this will be a great, a great week. Enjoy it, Pelicans fans, and we'll be back sooner rather than later. Until the next time, in the words of our other friend, the one and only Mr. Preston Ellis, let's go, Pelicans. for listening to the bird calls on the armchair all-american network if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today